What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Forging Heroes. I'm your host, Josh Jensen, and today we're going to be continuing uh, the hero's journey. This is the hero's journey part two. Uh, we're going to be talking about the next three or four steps or so of kind of where we left off before. So just before we start, I do want to mention, I mentioned in the last episode, I have a free resource, a, a visual guide. A, it's a PDF uh, that anybody can download. It's totally free. Go to any of my social media links or uh, however, yeah, just go to the social media and you can find the link to be able to submit your email. And uh, from there, you can, you'll get a get a, the PDF sent straight to your inbox. So the idea of that visual guide is that it shows, one, it'll show the cycle all labeled out so you can kind of see it as we go along. But two, it has this tracker piece to it. So it has a, a piece for you to, or a place for you to write down your goals in and kind of divide it up and break it into chunks as if you're, you know, putting it through the hero's journey as if like you're making a movie about your life. Kind of what are the steps? What are the, how is it going to fit into this hero's journey? So I think it's a really cool resource. Go check it out. Um, you can pause the episode right now and go get that if you want, and then we'll continue uh, going through the steps here. So as a recap, the last episode, we talked about the first three parts of the hero's journey that kind of represent the ordinary world and the hero leaving the comfortable and safe home in order to depart into something a little bit scary and dark and uncertain, but that they're willing to kind of push past that so that they can achieve their goal. So the first phase we're going to start it with now, or the first phase or the first step of this next chunk that we're going to be discussing is step four. This is trials and victories. So now this is in the special world. This is where the hero is kind of outside their comfort zone. This is where the hero is faced with stuff that they're not familiar with. Um, and this is a really big chunk of any story. This is where this is where the hero is faced with lots of different challenges and 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 uh, kind of obstacles to overcome. So um, let's see here. Yeah. So typically these will come in the form of kind of three three common well three common trials that the hero will face will be a riddle they have to solve. So something that they have to kind of test them intellectually. They might have to escape some sort of trap or they might have to slay some sort of monster. Those are three very common ones, especially if you look at like older legends and myths, even up to like more heroic stories and modern stories, it's kind of a very common phase. Um, and now these series of tests are kind of there for the, the hero. The purpose of these, I guess I should say, is for the hero to face their inner fears and to strengthen their weaknesses. So these are usually built to be challenging enough that the hero is kind of freaked out, but not so challenging that the hero will fail. Obviously, as a storyteller, you know what the limits of your hero are, so you know that they're going to be able to face it. Um, but that is that is the point of this. It's not just to throw a bunch of challenges and, and action scenes. A lot of movies get this wrong, where they just use this as a phase where you can just throw a bunch of stuff at the hero just to watch him blow stuff up. And, and it's fine. It's cool. But they're missing an element, which is the idea that it's supposed to expose the hero to the weaknesses. This is the part where they're, they're kind of going up and down. They're struggling. Um, some of these challenges they will totally face and succeed, and sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll actually fall down. Eventually, they do have to pass it though, because that is that is the purpose of this step, uh, step four. Um, now, these trials also can be done with the assistance of other people, like they can be performed um, with other people's help. And so this is kind of like a a subsection, so to speak, of this step. Um, and this is like the allies and foes part. This is where the hero is introduced to lots of different people that kind of either guide the person along or they kind of stand as an obstacle in their way. And so that's why this portion is so long in any good movie or story because 
it, it, it's a really big test of the, of the character's growth in lots of different ways. One for them personally, but also having these other characters involved can, characters involved can show uh, relationship growth and can show development for the character because they can learn from other people. Um, that's where like a sidekick comes in. That's a super common way of putting it. There's like that uh, like simpler and more easy to understand half, so to speak, of the hero duo, like the heroic duo. It's like the Batman and Robin, right? You have the obvious Batman who's the hero and he's the he's the champion. He's the brave one. He's the smart one. But then you've got Robin who kind of offsets him with a little bit of that more lighthearted humor. He kind of may, might see things from a different perspective. That's the point of like a sidekick. Or you might have like a team. That's another common way of storytelling is having a dream team, so to speak, like a going to like Lord of the Rings is a great example where they have to form the fellowship and there's nine of them. So there's lots of different people with different personalities and it's mixing in. And the idea of these characters is to support the hero and help them come to terms with their weaknesses and help teach them things that they might need to know in order to kind of get rid of some of those weaknesses and strengthen themselves. This is also where you would be presented with foes on enemies, not necessarily the main enemy, but just some kind of obstacles in their way. And this also is to show of the idea of the hero just as, or sorry, the, the idea of the villain or, or his foes is that they're supposed to represent what the hero is against, just how the, the hero's sidekicks and friends are supposed to represent what the hero is supposed to develop, what they're for. So what that means is if a hero has a sidekick who is really, you know, okay, if we're going to Lord of the Rings, for example, uh, that's a great example to go by. If we got Frodo and we have his like main sidekick, Sam. Now Sam represents hardworking, like a hardworking guy. He's super kind and loyal. These are not necessarily qualities that Frodo doesn't have, but they're just qualities that are super strong in Sam. So the idea is that, that those are qualities that Frodo should then learn to, you know, to apply to himself, to, to develop in himself. Or, you know, maybe there's, if you got like Aragorn in, in that fellowship, who's a very brave, but noble person, he's very, you know, willing to, he's willing to sacrifice himself to, for the benefit of the people. That's another quality that Frodo should be kind of representing as the ring bearer, right? So opposite of that is the villains and foes that come across, that they come across. These are supposed to represent little pieces of antagonism, little pieces of the hero's journey that are contrary to what he wants to accomplish. So one of the hero or one of the, the the foes that might get in their way might just be, you know, a really selfish person or, you know, someone who's just really aggressive and mean or someone who's just, uh, you know, out to look at for the destruction of other people. Whatever those little mini qualities are, those have to represent the exact opposite of what the hero is for. They have to be an opposite of what we want the hero to develop into. And so that's the whole point of this step. Step four is that the hero is going... This is really the brunt of the journey. This is where the most traveling happens. This is where you really get a sense and a feel for what the character is about, who they are. Uh, in movies, if they do them in like sequels and stuff, it's really cool to be able to see this repeat itself and also be drawn out. Um, or in like books, it's also great to see that you can kind of flesh it out. And there's really no limit to how long or short this can be, as long as there's a purpose to everything the hero is going through. So again, the application to us is obvious. Um, that yeah, on, on the path to our goals, there's going to be things that kind of oppose us and things that are going to support us, people that will be there for us and people that won't be. Um, and the point is it's supposed to expose us to weaknesses in ourselves and to strengthen things that we're going to need for you know the final battle, so to speak. Um, one side note about this all though is the obviously the benefit of the story is that you have the hindsight of knowing what parts of the journey are simply trials and what parts of the journey are the main 
the main fight. In real life, we don't obviously know what's the final battle versus what is the trials leading up to it, unless it's a very specific goal, like, you know, getting a job or making a certain amount of money or building something cool or take, finishing some class. Obviously, those are very definitive ends. But there's a lot of times where we have goals that might not be so definitive, might not be so clear. And so we have to just keep in mind that sometimes the trials may be a final victory or it might just be a step to leading us to the victory. And that's often one of the things we see in the hero is like they don't often know sometimes that, that they take a break because that one trial was a lot for them at that moment. And I think that's a really special part to be able to recognize within ourselves. That leads us to step five on the clock, which is approach. Now approach, this means it is the, the approach before the final battle, before the final duel, so to speak. The approach is kind of labeled as like the, uh, how do you put this? Sort of like the the night, the darkest part of the night before the dawn, right? It's it's like the calm before the storm. There's a lot of ways to, to put it, um, but it's a really poetic and special part of any story. And this is where the, this is like the true test of the characters, um, yeah, the, the true test of the hero's character. This is really where we have to see if they've got what it takes, if they've got the determination and the grit to commit to, you know, pushing forward. Um, what's beautiful about this part of the journey, why it's so poetic, is the idea that for a second they have a like a break, it's, everything's paused, and so they're allowed to think, which oftentimes doesn't happen, right? Like maybe they've had all this action going and building up for the whole story, and all of a sudden they're given this time to just think, sit there and think, and when you get to thinking, everyone knows this, right? When you're trying to face something that's kind of scary, if you start getting into your head, you can start convincing yourself not to do it. Um, one of the biggest ways I see that is uh, cliff jumping. I'm not a big fan of it, but I'll do it. I'll push myself to do it. But I've been a lot, a lot of people doing it. And right, you, you think once you get, you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And all these people are getting hyped up and you're excited to do it. And you get to the edge and you pause for a second and you let yourself think about it. And it's so hard to go for from there. But it really says something about the person if they continue even after being given that moment of calm. Uh, and so that's what's so beautiful about this piece. Joseph Campbell, he he his quote about this is he says that it's he says the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And that's kind of the theme for this part is it's whether the hero is choosing not or not to enter into the cave, enter to the underworld. Um, oftentimes in old kind of saying the underworld mentions or reminds me of uh, old legends of Greek mythology and things like that, where the, the the struggle and the crisis for the hero to face was literally going to, into the underworld, descending into that dark abyss. And they had to face literally all that was evil with the world. And so this is just a cool phase for us as people to look at, um, just as we can see a character's, you know, determination and grit and their diligence kind of play a, a part. Um, this is where it's super special for us to kind of recognize that in our own journey of Sometimes, you know, and you kind of have this mini approach, so to speak, before every little trial you face. But usually this approach is when you're about to undertake something that's completely by your choice, right? No one's forcing you to jump off that cliff, but you really want to do it. You, it's that, that's your goal. So you have to decide if, if you're willing to do that. And that's the whole point. Um, it really shows if you have developed and if you have grown and, and learned throughout the journey so far. And I think it's just, it's just a really poetic piece of of the hero's journey and it's so beautifully portrayed in so many movies so many books and i think it's a part we relate to a lot because i think that's where a lot of it get, a lot of us get stuck i think the first part the first main place for people to get stuck is departure some people just don't ever leave and try 
but a lot of people get stuck right before facing the crisis, which is step six. So six o'clock on, on our clock, if we're still using that analogy to kind of picture it, that is crisis. This is the point. This is like the, the darkest hour, right? That I was mentioning. It's the darkest hour. This is facing death. This is facing everything evil. Um, and now this is a really cool step. This is portrayed in a lot of different ways. Um, one way it might be portrayed as like a hard, long battle that has to be fought. Some big force of, of yeah, of some army, some forces and armies like fighting. It might be, and this is most common, is a villain, a, a, a very clear defined villain, an antagonist who represents the exact opposite of our hero. And they, the villain is there to serve the purpose of embodying everything that the hero is afraid of. Right. If we talk about those other parts, like the foes and other people that get in the way, those are supposed to represent people or represent aspects of the hero that, uh, like the parts that they're against. But this villain is supposed to represent not only that, but on a deeper level, everything that the hero fears. And so sometimes the hero is even like a, or the villain is even a fallen hero. So like it shows that potential for evil that the hero has. Um, there's that idea that no hero can truly be a hero without having a potential for evil as well. It's the fact that they choose to be good that makes them epic, so to speak. And so um, when you have this really clear, defined villain and or purpose, let's say like if you have a battle, for example, the purpose of the battle has to also represent the clash between two ideals or two um, two resolutions to the, to the conflict. There has to be two different goals set up. Um, and that's the idea of like the antagonist versus a villain. The, not really the same word. The villain would represent like an evil character, whereas an antagonist is just simply the person opposing the hero, if that makes sense. So it's really a powerful theme if if the villain and the antagonist are one person. Um, but this is where the hero has been prepared. We've seen this. They've been built up to this point and they are prepared to face the villain. They're prepared to face the crisis. And um, they're, it's kind of facing death, face everything they're afraid of. And so this is where we have to really see if they've got what it takes. Um, most of the time, most stories, the hero does succeed, but sometimes they don't. Or sometimes the hero will face some sort of death, like they'll actually be defeated temporarily or somehow be sent to some spirit world. It's a common theme in, in a lot of Greek stories where the hero will be die or will die, be sent to the underworld and then be resurrected later as a more powerful being. Uh, one of the common, or one a common way of looking at, or a, a good example of this in in like a modern film is Thor Ragnarok, one of those Marvel movies. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. There's a part towards the end of the film where Thor is facing uh, Hela, the goddess of death, and he's kind of in this conflict with her, this battle. And he's already been kind of losing. And she represents, again, everything that he's sort of afraid of. She represents everything that he fears that he's not. And he has this moment of like, like he's kind of dead. He kind of goes dormant for a second. And he has this vision of his father who kind of reminds him of who he is. And from that point on, Thor is kind of redeemed and reborn with a new power. And so that's that's often something that movies will explore or books will explore is that point where the hero does maybe fail a little bit or in there that point of being close to death and then something sparks them back into defeating the villain. And it's it's really it's a really powerful, um, really powerful representation of what goes on for us as people as we face our goals. So we might be in that point of really kind of debating with ourselves of whether we're going to succeed and we kind of wonder if what's, what's going to happen and if we're going to fail or not. But when you redefine your cause or you have that, that kind of vision of what can become or what will happen if you don't succeed, uh, that can often just drive us to finish what we started. And that's what the crisis represents. The crisis is facing everything you fear and hoping to succeed. Uh, that leads us to um, 
the last we're going to combine two steps here seven and eight um are represented as the treasure and the result of the treasure so this is after the hero has succeeded they've achieved their victory they've defeated they've defeated the villain they've defeated the crisis they've done whatever it took to get the treasure so now the hero can now claim what they've earned this can be some sort of power it can be a magical weapon. It can be some sort of knowledge that they needed. It could be a tool. It could be a kingdom. It could be maybe their true love that they were fighting for. It doesn't really matter. Whatever, all it is is that it represents the goal. It represents the purpose of the journey. Um, so maybe it's just some sort of peace. Maybe it's some sort of, maybe just defeating the evil was the reward. And so now they're they're able to realize and look back that the treasure was worth it because that's the point of treasure is that it's something you, your heart yearns for. And then the result of that treasure is kind of step eight, where we kind of combine those because it's the idea of how does the treasure immediately affect the hero? So sometimes like the hero has to flee the battle zone or they have to flee the area. Sometimes they have become, you know, a king or something. So now they're in charge of the situation. Maybe there's still other threats involved, so they need to like take off. But there's kind of always a treasure and then there's a result of that treasure. So again, this kind of goes to us as goal setters and, and goal, you know, you know, pursuing our goals, once we've achieved kind of what we wanted, we kind of get that moment of being able to claim that treasure, enjoy what it is, and then look back and realize it was worth it, right? The journey was worth it to get to that point. Also seeing the results. So what happened? What What's different? What do I need to do right now? What do I, what needs to change in order for this result to be kind of permanent? So that's kind of the way you can kind of reflect on succeeding. Um, yeah, succeeding in the journey there. And so, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to finish off right there with that step there, um, of the treasure result. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of this middle chunk of the hero's journey kind of to, to recap, we talked about the trials and victories approach the crisis and then treasure and the result of that treasure. Um, and there's more to that, but that's really the essence of what those represent. And hopefully those make enough sense for how they apply to us. I think that's just really the cool part of this is seeing how this reflects a lot of how we respond to struggles, how we respond to life. And we're not facing physical dangers just as much as like these heroes are, but that doesn't really change the fact that we can have a same outlook to the way the heroes push through these obstacles. So thank you for listening. And the next episode, we will have, we will cover the last chunk of the hero's journey. So stay tuned for that. And thanks again for listening.